anyway, well, welcome back, everybody. Um, and and welcome to Meridia and all of the pains and joy that it may or may not bring as we go through this together. <laughs> um, so so as we talked about last week, um, the the intent is to see if we can break D and D. We already broke Travis, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, this funny. has been rough. I'm so sorry. I'm so no, sorry. No, it's good. It's good. It stretches me. It, it gets me out of my comfort zone. But I I have spent a significant amount of hours <laughs> this past week trying to make heads or tails of what we are doing. And I still well, can't say that I got it, but whatever. Okay. Well, I will, I, will, I will pull the curtain back and we'll spend some time just talking about what's up and what the plans are and where we're headed from here. Um, as I mentioned in the chat, the... The plan is at this point to spend a little time just having a bunch of fun. Um, the the world of Meridia is based on a entirely different RPG set. It's a whole different rule set. Um, we're, the rule set that we're using is called Fate. Um, and there are a couple of different versions of Fate. We're going to be using um, not the full core. core. Um, fate core is a little more complicated than I wanted even even though it's not complicated at all. Um, so we're going to be using a, an even more abridged version of Fate Core um, that will allow us to spend as long as we want until we're done, until it's not fun anymore, um, in a much more collaborative world. So it's not a world any longer where the DM creates everything and you encounter what the DM builds along the way and you talk to the DM's characters and the DM decides who's right and who's wrong and who knows what and who doesn't. It's a completely different uh, mindset than that. It's an idea where we all collaborate. We all um, create the world together. And obviously there are a few things that the DM um, holds tight to. Like, you know, as I mentioned, if you created a character that just instantly knew where every Mythalar was, Obviously, that's going to break the game. So we're, we would not be doing that. Um, so, so the DM, me, I know where the Mythalar is, um, and I know a few other things that have not been shared with you, but very few. Everything else is pretty much in the handout that I know, or on the map. Uh, the map is designed as a complete sandbox. So any kind of terrain you want to play in, any kind of environment you want to play in. Any kind of village, any kind of city, any kind of flying or not flying, water, not water, ghosts, not ghosts, whatever you want, it's there somewhere. There's a playground to do it. Um, the way, uh-oh, did we lose you? Mm-mm, I'm here. Three dots. Oh, okay. Um, the way the way the, the fake core system works uh, is very simply, everything has a... Um, an aspect which you all had to create about your character, your high concept. That's the thing that makes your character who your character is. Um, and then after that, we kind of build those things. We build on those things and we bring them together in whatever way we want to. So for your characters, so far you've created a high concept, um, which is akin to your class, and you've created a trouble, which is um the the thing that's always been a problem for your character those are the two story pieces that we'll start off with for your character and then as we learn more about your character we'll add more to your character so as as i'm trying to think of a good example but if we if we imagine um if we imagine indiana jones uh faces the pit 
that he has to swing over. Um, but but we haven't learned yet that Indy has a whip. Somebody might come up with, well, I've been an adventurer for a long time and I learned how to use my whip. And boom, we learned something new about Indiana Jones. And um, we now know that he's proficient with a whip. And that becomes one of his aspects. Um, yeah. So like on that note, we don't have to list off at this moment every item that we're carrying. All of that kind of stuff is way more fluid, right? Very, I reach into very. my haversack because I have this haversack of adventure gear and I pull out some ball bearings because I need them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, it, obviously it, the rule of, you know, BS will pop up. You yeah, know, yeah, if, yeah. if you reach in and pull out a thermonuclear weapon, clearly everybody's going to say no. <laughs> um, but it's kind of the like the veto uh, rules. Obviously the DM might have to veto occasionally, but for the most part, the it's it's up to all of us what happened. Um, it's almost a complete abandoning of combat rules and all of the things that that we trip up on in D&D, trying to remember how this magic spell works and that magic spell works, um, trying to remember how three-force cover works and all that good stuff. Uh, all of that just kind of goes away for a little while so that we can have more collaborative storytelling time. Um, I am hopeful that it will be a fun intermission in between now and the the not happy ending <laughs> that is eventually <laughs> going to march toward us <laughs> um I, I feel saying like saying that i mean there's no way everybody's <laughs> going to come out of arcs four and five feeling happy i mean that's just not going to happen so um we had fun i think at the at the the witchlight carnival and this is kind of a a broader action of that but it's also an opportunity for me to get a little bit of a break because i don't have to think so hard and plan so hard in advance um so that i can kind of finish four and five in a meaningful way so does that all make sense so far so far so good yep okay mm-hmm. so so i'll just show you a few more of the little mechanics things um we have and i'll send these out to you i guess now soon tonight something um let me find where i put them do, do, do. We do have character sheets. If you choose to use them, you do not have to, um, but they are one way to keep track of things. And I will share the screen eventually if I can remember how to do that. How Zoom, how does Zoom work? There we go. It's collaborative Zoom now. It's you collaborative finish. Zoom, you right? Don't, you don't control it. We all know, draw the characters. Yeah, somebody else has to hit the share button for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the... Um, custom character sheet for our for our new time in Meridia um, with Rune Dawnfeather looking over everything. Uh, I'll send these out and you can, use, like I said, you can use it or not. It doesn't matter. Um, as long as you keep up with the things about your character, it's very, because it's collaborative, we all have to be able to see and know each other's characters. And I'll explain that here in just a minute. But here's the simple place for your name, place for your high concept, place for your trouble. These three boxes are for other aspects, like as we discovered, Indiana Jones um, is proficient with a whip. Uh, that would go in here as to as one of his new aspects. And those can change over time um, when you quote unquote level up, which is not, not anywhere near as complicated as a concept um, as it is in D&D. You can remove aspects, change aspects, or have them grow with you as you grow. Uh, stunts, we'll talk about in a minute. This is down here in the bottom right is the um, how we decide what happens. And we won't probably we might get into this tonight. Uh, 
Um, these are the styles with which you can accomplish things. Uh, Meridia. If you want to say, um, bluff your way past the guard, you might want to bluff your way by um, performing a magic trick for him. Uh, that might be considered a flashy approach. You might want to um, appear to be stronger than you are and bully your way past the guard. That's how you're going to bluff him. That would be a forceful approach. You might want to sneak past the guard. Obviously, that's a sneaky approach. So there are a number of different ways that you can accomplish a task. And this is what replaces the idea of um, the skills. There's only six, so it's just so much more simple. But they cover a surprising amount of situations, approaches. And you will have skill levels in each of those. Um, I have shipping tomorrow. I have gifts for you all that I was supposed to get out a long time ago and I forgot, um, which are, uh, I didn't forget. Well, I did forget after. Anyway, anyway, they didn't go out yet, but they're going tomorrow. Um, you all will have those. You can't see that. <laughs> D6. It is a D6, yes, but it is a specific D6 with a minus, a plus, or a blank. They are fudge dice or fate dice, and you get four of them. Um, and that's what we roll. We probably won't even deal with that tonight, but those, those are what we roll. Um, to find out whether or not we succeed at this. So um, I will decide, stop. I will decide if you're trying to bluff past the guard, uh, what what number you need to get past him. So a difficulty level essentially. And then you pick your approach, you roll the dice, add your bonuses, whatever bonuses from whatever approach you picked and it's succeed or fail. Everything is. Um, however, you can succeed um with style which means not only did you get past him but you were able to do it in such a way that you gained that new thing might be shards which are fate um in this world they are shards of the circle of fate and um you start with a number of those three and they are essentially your story currency they are how you buy and sell story points that you um so if you're let's say in a warehouse and trying to um, trying to sneak into the office to steal a map from the warehouse or proof that they're um, excuse me, proof that they're smuggling or who knows what, well, it's a warehouse. So you might compel the warehouse, meaning you want to add to the story. You might compel the warehouse to have uh, walls and walls of shelves and crates and boxes so that you can climb up to a different area. Um, that would be compelling the warehouse. That would be creating your own story point that helps your character. And you would spend a fate point to do it. It would cost you. Um, likewise, I might, you might have a trouble of, let's say, um, let's say can't resist shiny objects is your trouble. As we're marching through, I might need something in the story to happen so I can compel you, it's called. Um, to be distracted by a shiny object, obvious story, story to that. And because I'm compelling you to do something that you don't actually want to do, you would earn a fate point for that, for you to be able to. Um, every object in the game, every location, every character, every NPC, every table, every, everything has um, aspects that you can compel. Obviously, a table is a very simple object, but you might want to make that table that was in the middle of the dining room, 
oh, it's a rickety old table. It's been here for years and years and years, and I'm going to smash it so that I can use a table leg to, or whatever. Um, that would be you <laughs> compelling the story, compelling something to um yeah that, that's that's kind of it that's the, the, the basic idea is oh, economy an economy we're figuring out around driving this that's pretty much it yeah you you spend story currency to make things happen and you said we get three you get three fate points or shards to start yeah. with um but there's no limit on how many you can have and if you at the end of a, a story arc or at the end of a session if you end up with zero when we meet again you come back with three Oh, okay. I was going to say, is the only way to earn them is for... Okay, all right. That nope. makes sense. You get okay. them back. Um, you can be compelled. That's one way to earn them. Um, you can, and, and all of that doesn't happen but necessarily from me. So any of you guys can compel each other. Um, can you compel yourself? Like, if my character's flaw is their trouble is the shiny object thing, and I you describe a shiny object, I could just say... My character can't stand it. I got to go get that thing, even though it's... Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Um, so there are there are a couple of other rules that, that we'll kind of bump up against along the way. Um, the, the whole system is designed to just kind of openly evolve as we go. Um, but I will share one other screen with you so that you can see this. Uh, Travis, you had asked about... Um, you had asked about a system for keeping up with all of these things, and that's yes, this. Hopefully, you guys can. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. A little mm -hmm. tiny, but yeah. Um, so this this is being shared from my screen. There is a player version. There's just a link to it. You can click on it and see it on your own computer if you prefer. Um, but you can see over here, I've got um, this area right here is for buildings, and this first building that we've got is Castle Grayskull. Uh, the current issue about the castle is that it contains the scroll that you guys need to be able to go to the next area or whatever. Uh, but it also has an impending issue about it. it. It happens to be on fire. So that's those are two little bits that I would give you to start with or even sometimes that we would collaborate to come up with. Um, and the aspect from there you can build on. So you could compel an aspect. So you could say, yeah, it's on fire, but it's a stone castle. Mm. It's been here for thousands of years. And once the fire is out in the wooden bits, the rest of the structure will be fine. So we're just going to let it burn itself out and then run in. Um, and that's an aspect that we would create castle of stone and relatively fireproof. Um, below that, we have a guard, an NPC, uh, Stuart, the inept castle guard. Um, and he has an aspect that he will stand his ground at all costs. Um, that can be an aspect that I created or one of you created, but Stuart's not very bright. I put that in the description that he's inept. So you might try to um, find a way to distract Stuart, anything you would normally do in D&D to, to get around a guard. But you could also say the reason that he's inept is because he can't hear very well and nobody really knows that but he's bad at hearing and that's you compelling him and giving him a new aspect that you're then going to take advantage of. and uh, when you take advantage of it do you, you still have to do one of these roles right to see uh you do but the dc is lower you do exactly you you either get okay. points you either get points like a plus two for it yeah. um on your side or the dc goes down depending on what got it okay um, and then the last thing that I think is important that's not really in any of, of these is 
Um, the actions that you can take I have that for here. Oh, she's it. Sorry. Um, there it is. Uh, and I will send you all the um, the Fate Accelerated rulebook. It's a whole big whopping 30 pages or something like that um, so that you can feel a little more comfortable as we wander around the world. Um, but the boom, boom, boom. Uh, there are only a few actions that you can take in the game um, and we'll, they'll come up as we play. So we won't, I mean, we don't need to go through them all in great detail, but you can, um, you can choose to create an advantage, which is similar to helping um, in D&D. And you can create an advantage by um, spending a fate point or uh, create an advantage by saying, you know, I, I help whoever's doing whatever and describe how you do it. Um, and then that gives them extra bonus points when they make an attempt to do. Um, you can overcome, which means, uh, let's see, if you are, if you're trying to get past someone sneakily and you do it, that's overcoming. That's the action. Um, you can attack someone, uh, which is simple. You just declare an attack and then there's some rules and we find out what the outcome is. Um, or you can defend, which is you're defending against someone else's attack on you. And that's pretty much it. That's, that's all of the action economy. And um, succeeding and failing is where things start to get fun. Uh, if you fail, you fail. No, no punishment. There's no critical failures. Um, if you tie on a roll, then um, you might not get the outcome that you desired, but you get a boost which basically allows you to add plus two to the next time you roll on just about anything. Uh, if you succeed, then something happens. Your desired effect might happen. And lastly, if you do a really good job and you succeed with style, there is um, there are some other things that go with that, depending on what you're trying to do. If you're attacking someone, then not only do you hit them and do damage, but you have um, you have the option to reduce damage done to you on your next roll, and gaining a boost and a couple of other little things. Nothing, but we'll get into all as we need. Uh, so then, yeah, go sorry, ahead. I've just got a bazillion questions. I'm trying not to ask them all, but I mean, since you brought it up though, so if you hit them really well, it doesn't particularly do more damage. It might impose a condition. Correct. Okay. Correct. So there's not the concept of hit points and I hit them harder and they lose more hit points. So like, there's really no difference between punching them with your fist and whacking them with a club and slicing them with a sword. Nope. It's that's all, all of, flavor. It's all it flavor. Just becomes flavor. Okay. All right. Great. Yep. And you know, if, if I decide that, that my character uses magic because magic exists in Meridia, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't know where we are on that yet, but I'm sure we'll find out. Um, <laughs> You know, and then I decide on a spell and what it does. And if it's a damage spell, then, you know, then it's just um, with almost all of the opponents that you will face. Your goal is to knock them out, essentially. Um, and it just takes a success until we get to the big guy. Um, almost all of them are, you know, one hit wonders one hit in their kind of situation, if that makes sense. So we don't have to track hit points and all that nonsense. Um, with the exception of a few, obviously, of the larger characters, BBGs, that kind of thing. Uh, the last thing that we need to talk about is stress, um, which is what happens when you get hit. 
there on the character sheet, which I don't have shared anymore. Um, let me show you. Read along with me. Well, it doesn't matter. Um, when your character gets hit, you take stress and you can take stress where and how you want it based on how much stress it is. Um, and as the stress grows on your character in one particular scene, um, there are potential consequences. And those consequences might be something simple, so simple as um, we start with a broken arm. That would be a pretty large consequence. Next session, it's a bandaged arm because it started to heal. And the session after that, it's an arm with a scar and it becomes a story point kind of thing, if that makes sense. Um, but there's no no real concept of of hit points or anything like that. Are we there? We're kind yep. of making sense. All right, cool. I'm excited. Uh, so I will send you all the um, the rule book. Like I said, it's a whopping, oh, 44 pages, sorry. But at the end of it is a quick reference guide, which really has almost everything you need once you understand the concepts. Um, and there's a character sheet that you can do whatever you want with, um, or you can use the character sheet that I made. Um, the quick reference guide is just two pages, well, one page front and back. Um, and it's got kind of everything that you could possibly need. So when we hit the break, I will pull that out and give it to you guys so that we can, um, turn order. We don't really have one. I'm just trying to make sure I've covered most of the basic. I have a very general. Yeah, of course. How related is this character in Meridia to our is this an incarnation of Z? Is this, uh, are there characteristics that we can choose and assumed it's completely carte blanche, kind of whatever? So this character is this character. It's completely separate from Z. The only thing this character knows about Z is Z's memory. So this character knows that you're looking for a Mithalar. This character knows that a boy named Ander exists. This okay. character knows that the world is in jeopardy and, um, and it's up to the four of you to save the world by finding this that sort of thing okay yeah um but has no access to z's talents or skills or fear oh, just or... Men mentality you know this character you know share z like ways or not is it an incarnation or is it really just someone that the baton has passed to from z into the land of meridia the latter as to yeah. is the way it's intended but obviously you know you could be tethered yeah. to a, to a character so um okay so and i will i will just say oh. again. So that's a light bulb for me. So, so you're saying that this person has access to, so my guy's name is Tip. Tip has access to Barrett's memories, but it's not Barrett driving. No. It's, this guy is not an avatar that Barrett is in. This Correct. is its own distinct guy. Yeah. And Barrett is just like a story that he read, but he knows it's true. He's got all yes. the facts in his head. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very that helps. So. Because I kept trying all week. One of the things I was struggling with was reconciling. Like, how can I make a new person and yet it be Barrett? Because Barrett's still going to be driving the way Barrett would drive. But it's right. not Barrett anymore. It's no, truly not Barrett. Okay, got it. Yeah, that no, it's truly not Barrett. And the, okay. the reason that I did it that way um, was specifically so that we could take a break and yeah. you know leave, yeah, yeah, leave yeah. those characters behind for a little while. Um, and and hopefully, hopefully have... Yeah. But these characters <laughs> understand... The, what's going on they understand the urgency but they also have their own lives yes yes okay. absolutely all right okay and okay, okay. they they volunteered to be your tethers um rune dawn feather selected them among the volunteers as the perfect group uh because they they had been successful they had adventured together they already knew each other 
that kind of thing. Um, and that, the, honestly, the silence is deafening. Like I'm so nervous right now. Like I'm <laughs> terrified. I'm terrified. No, no. Like I know I am super, super enthused. I'm just getting over a cold. So I'm like, my brain feels like it's over here. But like, if you had told Anna when she was seven, that she would get to be an adult with like-minded people as a squirrel playing this game, like losing my mind. I'm, I'm thrilled. Okay. Well, if, if it all just goes to hell and it's just a complete <laughs> shit show, you know, we'll, we'll it just. It was all a dream. It was we'll all march dream. toward the end <laughs> and um, somebody will trip over a mythical seed and it'll just be done. But, um, you know. No, we, you have we, to pull the, you had the mythical seed the whole time. The whole time. The mythical seed believe. was in you the whole time. <laughs> all you had to do was get some shoes and clack on me. Yeah. Um, you know, well, we, I don't want to put a time. I, I don't want to put a time frame on it, but I want to give this a realistic chance. I mean, like, like let's give it a couple, you know, a couple good weeks, a couple good solid weeks before we even start to talk about is this working or not. Let's. I would like to, but again, you know, it's it's not just I'm not the only one here, so I know, um, but it's just you know, you have all at one point or another said, hey, maybe we want to play another character sometime. Is there? So okay. here we go. Here you go. Here you go. Um. Okay. So that being said, uh, are any other questions about, I mean, the, the rules will come and we will bumble over them until we all get them. Yes. This is more of like a flavor question. If someone does something we consider like super cool, can we give shards like inspiration? Like, oh, you can have one of mine because that was super neat. So here's a point so. you just that used. Great. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's, that's a great idea. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. I'm ready to know right. why we're tied up on a table. Okay. I'm ready so to know then, who I'm tied up with. Yeah, no, that's that's where I am. So, okay, it's seven o'clock. So, um, very good. Uh, let me, let me, so I'm going to leave that up. I'm going to come over here. Uh, nope, I need the other one. Where's the other one? Sorry, I, I am also using a whole new tool set, so I have to get accustomed <laughs> to it. And I need... Yeah, when we were getting, when I was getting logged in, I've got like a set of five different things that I open every week. But I'm like, well, not opening Barrett's character sheet. Oh, not opening that cheat sheet. Nope, not opening. <laughs> it's like, okay. I pulled out my dice, but now I guess I only need six-sided dice. So yep. So if we need to roll tonight, which I, I'm hoping we won't need to roll tonight, but if we need to, um you can use four D sixes. Um and the one and two is a negative, the three and four is blank and the five and six. So hopefully we won't need them, but we might. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, if anybody want to log into this, which is just the first night I'm using this tool, and if it's garbage and we don't like it, then we won't use it and we will find something else that works better. Uh, you can log into the tool yourself via that. Um, you can't modify it or change it, but you can see what I do. Um, and I will try to remember to zoom in when you need to see. So, okay. So when we last left off, um, your your characters or or the the babysitters Barrett and Z and um, Don and Ellie uh, were stepping into a portal. Um, a beam of light carried them high into the air, and then beyond that, they looked down and saw that their bodies remained beneath them. The beam of light eventually had them encountering a. Um, old, old, old satyr named Phineas, who looked very similar 
remarkably to Phileas, who you met earlier. Um, and Phineas helped to escort you into the world of Meridia, where you were greeted by Rune Dawnfeather, who explained a little bit how the world works. Um, hopefully you had a chance to read the handout that he explained. <laughs> she, uh, she Xeroxed for you. Um, <laughs> and it's your, your welcome to Meridia handout brochure and um, temporary drivers. So in Meridia, you um, slowly came to some sort of consciousness and you found yourselves on a table um tied back to back and shoulder to shoulder with other people each of you in turn uh reached out and realized that you were not barrett and not and not Z, but instead were who wants to go first who wants to go first somebody gotta go first i'll go go first. go 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 okay um so i <laughs> I would look at my hand and I would see that I am a squirrel. I'm an itty bitty little black Ebert squirrel. Um, I like to picture that I'm tied like off the table. So my legs are kind of dangling. I'm assuming um, I can see like everything but the friends next to me. Correct. You and can't our see. hands are free, right? Yes, your hands are so, free. Yes. Okay. So there's a um, rope around your <laughs> chest, around your legs, just tying you to a post and to each other. Okay. Uh, so I would know that I am a little girly squirrely named Sootfoot. And I have... Named, I'm like, sorry. Would, named what? Soot, Sootfoot. S-O-O-T? Yeah, Sootfoot. Like okay. I walked through the... Yeah, yeah, got it. Okay. And um, is this when we're doing like the full description if we want? Like, Sure. Yeah. What, okay. this, this is... We have begun collaborating. And okay. <laughs> ready, go. <laughs> okay. So I... You can't see my face because I have this really big kind of clunky metal mask that is fashioned into the shape of like a bronze dragon. So whenever I talk, it kind of sounds like I'm talking through a pot, but my ears stick out and they're super tall and fluffy. And I have on like blacksmith's leathers and they're filthy. So you kind of can't really tell where the fur starts and like the clothing begins. Um, and do I talk about my job? I don't know how much to talk about. Or like what I remember that I am here. Yeah, so um, that's an important point. In order for everybody to collaborate, we really kind of need to know everything about everybody's character. All right, so now's the time to do you, it. You might not share secrets that your character knows, um, mm -hmm. but, you know, talents, skills, background, all that stuff that, that whatever you guys would know about each other as um, an adventuring party for, say, 10. Okay. Okay, so I daylight as a fire master of a smithy, and I really enjoy doing like glass blowing and metalworking and anything with fire. But what I really enjoy doing most is robbing rich people in the middle of the night. So I've developed for funsies this like tincture that tastes disgusting, but I have a jug of it. I'm sure that's like on the table somewhere below us right now. So I have a jug of something that I've made called Singe Tinge, which is like paint that I blow. And I have these little gloves that I made. And on the left paw is flint and on the right paw is steel. So when I clap my paws together, I can blow and it's incendiary. So a huge gush of fire whooshes out and it's whatever color that I want. So I just enjoy painting things with destruction. But you would all know that when the fire starts, so do the mood swings. And I can be kind of unpredictable. <laughs> and not the, not the easiest little squirrel to deal with when everything's on fire. And be, I think I'm a dragon at that point. And I never take the mask off because I can't be seen not as a dragon if there's fire around. So 
That okay, is so me. Wow. In um, so, wow. in a short phrase, <laughs> give us your high concept so that everybody right. has a short phrase to relate to. My high concept is pyromaniac rogue smith. <laughs> so if I had to sum it up, that would That's be good. me. All right. And uh, the trouble? Uh, I go crazy when there's fire. And crazy. I don't know that I cause okay. it to myself. Like yeah, okay. laughing, jumping. Oh, more fire puts the fire out, you know. Okay. So Sootfoot. Cool. Yes. Um, let me delete. Uh, Can I just make a request that whatever you share here tonight, everyone just put it in the chat because... Like mm-hmm. I, I started copying all that down and then I'm I like, have a no, whole, I, I, I wrote I down a whole listen. description. Like, okay, I think great. everyone's been taking notes. And great. I have little accent, you know, broken common. I love it. <laughs> oh my God, I'm in love. Okay, so um, you did bring up an interesting thing that we did not talk about. Um, and, and welcome, Sootfoot. Um, the, one of the things that you brought up was carrying um, the singe tinge. Yes. So there's another concept that that I just didn't think we would get to tonight, but it's called a stunt. Um, and a stunt you can invoke in every every kind of encounter. You can invoke it one time, um, and it's something that your character just does really well. Um, in your case, you already described using singe tinge, um, and to me, that's something that would be a specialty. Mm-hmm. So so for right now, we're gonna add um, a stunt. That's going to give you a plus two um, to anything, let's say, forceful, because you've described singe tinge as creating something like that. So, um, so that oh, that's a skill. Whoops, remove skills. Yes, sorry. Whoops, uh, stunts. There we go. Over here, uh, stunt. There we go. Uses. Did I spell that right? Probably S I N G E T I N G. Yep. Gains a plus two anytime. So this is something really special and unique to your character that you already happened to create. Everyone else, well, you may already have these things. You might not. Um, but stunts are are those things that are unique and special to your character. So uh, to your right is what used to be Z. Elbow. So uh, who you, what you see is um, probably the glowing eyes are the first thing, um, really this amber color, but then it's all the fur surrounding the face. You can't, the ring tail lemur kind of thing. Boom, pop of eye, fur, three foot long tail. And the name would be Aki Aki. Yes. Spelled? A-C-K-E-E, double it. Yeah, love it. So uh, you'll notice on Aki Aki that his hair kind of moves even though there's no wind and it kind of grows and it fades back. So he's got this kind of billowy kind of look to him. So great big eyes, billowy hair, and he's a psychiatrist. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He's a psychiatrist. And tell us what plagues Aki Aki. Uh, Control. Control. Like you know, control. His hair goes out of control, so he has to constantly snip it, and he has things he can do with his hair that he snips. Um, but he's he's he has um, he has a bit of a well. I'll just say it. He has not just hair, but there's a shadow attached to him. Okay. From his feet, and he's on this constant conversation with his shadow. Gotcha. So the psychiatry is mostly applied to himself in conversation with himself. Love it. 
he has control issues. I don't know how that's going to manifest, but it'll, it'll, I'm sure it will happen. <laughs> All right. Aki Aki is officially born. Uh, welcome Aki Aki. Aki Aki to your right is what used to be Ellie. Oh, what used to be Barrett. <laughs> okay <laughs> that is exactly how collaborative this game is it is absolutely all right she said she'd be right back so to your right is uh or to whatever is uh a weasel uh this is a weasel that looks like um uh it's called a least weasel it's kind of the most common weasel that you would see but it's got a kind of cinnamon brown fur it's on his head and on his arms and legs and body, um, but his belly and under his throat is kind of a white color. Um, so he's kind of, that's what he kind of looks like. He's got a short tail. Um, it's furry, but it's, it's not fluffy by any means, but it's kind of furry. Um, he is dressed basically like a cowboy, although in this world it's called a wrangler because we don't particularly have cows here. Um, and he will hopefully, maybe... I'm brave enough to speak with a Southern accent, a, a ranchy kind of uh, accent. Um, he basically spent his life uh, being a uh, familiar uh, and had a bad experience with that. So that's why he opted to come to Meridia. Um, but he loved the wide open spaces that he found in the material plane. Uh, and so he became a wrangler and he went to work on a ranch and he loves it being on a ranch. Uh, but at some point in his career, he was tempted to uh, join rodeo. And so he did a, a circuit on the, uh, or, or tour on, this, on the rodeo circuit. And it turns out that he is just an absolute uh, natural at all types of rodeo events. Uh, and so in this world now exists rodeos. <laughs> um, he was very good at rabbit roping, at bearcat bobcat riding, bareback bobcat riding, and um, specifically with woodpecker aerial barrel racing. Um, <laughs> so I'm introducing a concept, which hopefully everyone will be okay with. We can collaborate on this. But in this world, there are beasts that are basically muggle beasts that they're they're just regular old whatevers. They're not, you know. So not everything in Meridia is sentient. So I kind of wanted to see if everyone is okay with that idea. Because otherwise it, it's weird that Barrett would be having a rodeo where he's roping rabbits, but the rabbits are actually sentient. That, that They're just strange. more stupid. That's yeah. Fine. <laughs> okay. He's fine. All right. Good. So with that out of the way. Um, so anyway, he uh, is basically considered by many to be the greatest of all time in the rodeo uh, circuit. Although... It's kind of like being Matt Mercer, where if you know who Matt Mercer is, then you totally geek out about him. But otherwise, you have no no clue who he possibly is. So his his fame and fortune is very um, selective. Some people will know who he is. Most people won't. So um, let's see. So he's wearing kind of cowboy stuff, lots of leathers, uh, leather chaps, leather vests, leather gloves with no fingers on them. Uh, he's got a haversack that's got all kinds of fun things in it. Uh, he's got a... Bowie knife. He's got a lasso. He's very proficient with the lasso. Um, and then uh, one thing I wanted to talk to everybody about was, does he have a revolver or does he have a sling? Do firearms exist in Meridia or not? And I can go either way. You're muted, Stefan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's blacksmiths. So who's to say they didn't uh, like 
Mm-hmm. Evolve. I mean, I have. I, I don't care. I mean, I'm I truly, always in favor of guns. So. <laughs> I truly yeah, I don't, don't care. care. I, like it, it doesn't matter to me if we want to keep it a little more medieval. Then he I'd has be a pro pistol. If you can do this, okay. Well, he's only got one. Like, oh, so. Look, if you want to make it medieval, just call it a hand cannon. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll decide what he's got. We'll we'll see what it what it ends up being. Anyway. Um, but he's also, so anyway, that's, uh, that's kind of what he looks like, what he's got. He, his claws are out and on his feet, his claws are out as well. Um, because he, he likes to, you know, have, I mean, he doesn't wear boots and things like that. He, he likes to use his, uh, appendages. Um, anyway, his primary trouble is that if he sees somebody being bullied, he really can't not intervene. He's going to go stick his nose into it. Um, sometimes his friends can talk him out of it if it's just a minor incident, but if he sees any kind of muggle beasts getting bullied or mistreated, he's up in their face and he will not be apologetic about it. So, uh, he will go looking for trouble. You did not just change that music to that. (laughs) I see you wearing a hanky around your neck. That is very interesting. There you go. Aaron Copeland Rodeo just came on. <laughs> no, it didn't. All right. <laughs> oh, man. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Brett. No, that was it. Tip. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't say his name. So his name um, is Tipton Sackett, uh, but most people just call him Tip. I love it. Welcome, Tip. Does Tip have a bandana around his neck? Festival? He does. Actually, I will go ahead and stick the uh, little picture that I made in the arts ballot. I, I do not have obviously any artistic skills other than I can make Hero Forge work for me sometimes. The guy in there looks a little bit foxy because they uh, didn't have a weasel. <laughs> so imagine he's got a much longer neck and maybe a little less anthropomorphic, but that's Tip. I love it. Welcome, Tip. And last but not least, to Tip's right. Uh, um, a uh, white fat. Uh, red raccoon, uh, fatter than one would expect raccoons to get out in the wild, like a domesticated fat raccoon. Um, he is red and black. There's no cream on his fur. Um, and uh, currently at the moment, he's wearing, <laughs> just make it up, uh, he's wearing a leather vest on the top, no pants, no shirt. The leather vest has some spikes on it. And uh, his name is Crash. He has several several names that he goes by in several places in Meridia, but like full name is just Crash Pandacoot. And uh, let's see, let's see. Because he's so big, I would say you'd think he'd look, like he doesn't look super friendly. He doesn't look like the nicest guy to people he doesn't know. But to the rest of you, he'll be just the biggest teddy bear um i say this as i'm burping a kitten which he will occasionally do um let's see what else what else crash moonlights so during the day his job is either as a bouncer for uh, various you know nightlife clubs kind of thing i say during the day but you know what i mean his uh, quote-unquote day job um but also he does private security for the well-to-do of Meridia, which helps and allows him to know a few things about them. You know, people always talk about things in front of security as if they're not there. So 
he gets to he gets to hear all the crazy stories. Um, but occasionally at night, his wild side comes out and he moonlights as a luchador wrestler um, <laughs> in which he's learned the subtle art of taking people out without actually uh, causing them to bleed because his trouble is that he is afraid of blood. So when he sees blood, he will pass out. So I he knows love he's, it. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, that's him right now in his uh, studded leather jacket uh, tied up between soot foot and tip. Well, welcome to Crash. <laughs> I love it. Love it. All right. So we've established... Um, uh, out of game, out of character. Um, we've established yeah. all four characters. Everyone has a high concept. Um, so you kind of know what they're up to and what they're about. And everyone has a trouble that could come into play um, any moment, might not every game, might not every two or three sessions, but eventually could come into play. Um, we also have Sootfoot, who of all of you has the first stunt available, which is anytime that Sootfoot uses Singed Hin, um, a plus two is gained on Singed could help with. Um, okay. So as, as you heard last week, uh, you're currently tied up, the four of you, shoulder to shoulder, back to back, in the center of uh, apparently a table, a very long table out in the middle of... Um, kind of a, a glen, a, a glade. There are trees surrounding you, but this is an open area. There are some um, dinner plates and various food items on the table as well around you. And there are a number of other um, creatures like you that appear to be uh, that appear to be familiars, kind of like you guys. But obviously, um, if uh, you know for a fact that they are like you. They're they're not the non-sentient kind of sparrows in the trees. These are um, these are people who have recently been sitting down to dinner. So let's um, first thing we need to know is um, what who are these people? Why, why are they gathered in the woods at around a great big table? Any thoughts? Well, last week you said they were like getting food and laughing at us, right? Like pointing and laughing. Yep. And you said also that this is the first time people from the material plane have been here? Uh, yes. Okay, so what if everyone is laughing because they knew we volunteered and that had never been done before, so they Very didn't well. know what would happen, which is why we're tied up. Okay, so then these are friends. These are these are a group of, of people that know Sure. You. <laughs> Very oh, good. I think they're, I, I don't think they're friends. I think they're they're well, laughing like we very, and ridiculing like, us because we were dumb enough to be the people. Well, I picture like Lost Boys friends, like uh, that kind of thing. Uh, like maybe they're a little jealous. Maybe they're a little scared. That's why they're laughing. But they're also like, man, uh, we could be cool like that. We could be here. Gotcha. All right. So around you, you have a number of um, tormenting friends that are uh, <laughs> kind of pointing and laughing, waiting to see what's going to happen to the four of you. And uh, what would you like to do? Okay, so from a game perspective, that what you just what we just talked about, what you just said is canon. Now we're yes. we're just going, we're just launching from there. Okay. Yep, that's right. So so collaboratively, we created the setting that you find yourselves in. Um, all I knew was that you were tied up. I didn't know why. So collectively, as a group, we discovered why you were tied up, and now we know that you were tied up because you had volunteered to be um, tethers, and nobody knew what was going to happen once somebody entered physical being. 
All right, Tip says, all right, I think y'all can untie us now. Everything's good. I'm, I'm still Tip. There's nothing, nothing's changed here. Just got some new memories floating around in my head. What about the rest of y'all? I find this most intriguing. Uh, as you as you start talking about being untied, um, Tip, the there is one character who appears to be a little bit younger than the rest. Maybe a child, maybe teenager. It's kind of hard to tell. Um, this is a a monkey, a small monkey, uh, about half the size of um, of you. And the monkey has hopped up on the table and is running in circles and um, essentially pointing and laughing, saying, leave him tied up, leave him tied up, just in a big circle around you guys. And the monkey has created quite a stir as everyone is um, kind of laughing and starts to join in in the fun. Uh, and it's not long after that that the, the first um, piece of cake flies and hits one of you in the face. So Aki becomes angered and raises his tone of voice to stop it right now and monkey come untie us he's going to be very commanding toward the okay raiding monkey awesome so uh you're trying to intimidate the monkey into um untying you tip which will help if, we, if you okay. can all right so, you better let us go right now you know what's going to happen we're going to get out of here eventually and then there's going to be trouble monkey <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, which will bring us to probably our first skill check. If you want to give it a try, would you please go lay down? That's just all there is to it. I don't care that you're a dog. Um, skill check, puppy. So we haven't actually established skills yet, which we will at some point. But for right now, um, I'll just give you a plus two. And you can decide. Um, you said you were going to use forceful. You were going to try to be forceful was the approach that you were going to use. Mm -hmm. So if you want to roll four d6s. Uh, let's see. I got a two and a six and a four and a three. Okay. So the three and the four are blanks. The six mm -hmm. is a plus and the two is a negative. So essentially you got a zero. Um, yes. And you uh, you already had a plus two to forceful just for the fun of it tonight. Um, we'll establish what all those later. Um, and you watch as the monkey is kind of running around in circles and slows down and kind of hangs his head. And from over in, um, in the side of the table, a little off in the, um, not in the woods, but right at the edge of the woods, a smaller group of, um, of animals, one of them leans over, Silas, leave them alone. And Silas looks up and <sighs> starts to untie you. So the four of you are untied by Silas the monkey and one other animal. Uh, meanwhile, there is one animal who appears to kind of be the guy in charge um let's say let's say he's um you can see that everybody's kind of in a circle or listening to him tell some kind of story and he's pointing up at you and laughing at silas he's clearly he's clearly the one that's kind of runs the show around here or or maybe the leader of the group that you're with what um what is his name are these all dragons then if they're friends, are we are we at a bragging dinner party? Uh, it sounds like it to me. Braggins are the ones that go against the aristocracy. Very right. in case. I mean, Travis. Yes, you are in you case. are part of that group. Okay. And I'm sorry, what was the question on the table? What is his name? The name. Oh, Paul. Just, <laughs> the name? Yeah. Uh, 
Corn sipple snuff. Corn sipple snuff. Uh, corn oh. sniple snuff approaches you and um, laughs a little bit uh, at, at all the goings on and says, somebody help them down. And he kind of reaches up one hand and a couple of the other uh, creatures help you down. Um, corn sniple snuff is always very jolly. You don't think you've ever seen um, not having a good time. And uh, this is as good enough of an excuse for a party as ever for corn. Um, so he, he helps you down and, and asks you kind of, kind of as a group, um, but also kind of one at a time. He kind of looks at each of you. Are you doing okay? What kind of animal is corn snipple snuff? Rabbit. He's a rabbit. Are, are you doing okay? He's no, I feel I right. Like, rain, yeah. I don't like being no. tied up for one. Well, you knew we had to do that. I'm glad you that agreed to it. You might not remember, but you agreed to it. My mind is a bit furry. Well, but... that'll happen. That'll happen. Is everybody mm. here? Are you all still? You crash? You still okay? I'm doing good. Doing good. All right. There's a little extra going on in here. Yeah, yeah. Every everybody knows their name. Crash. I think yep. we just established yep. that. All right. All right. <laughs> just want to make sure y'all are okay. I don't know. Let me take roll call. Aki, here. Aki, here. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Do we know that there's normally two of you? Well, there's me and my shadow. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's definitely something Ah, you would have learned along the way. Um, That wouldn't surprise anybody, I don't think. I did not put it together. I would like to climb back on the table to take advantage of the free food. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) great. Great. I'm going to start shoving like nuts and seeds, whatever's tiny enough to fit in my little satchels. And I say, that's good. Better so with food. There's plenty Climbing. of food. Plenty of food. I love it. Um, okay. So um, as you guys are, are kind of settling into your skins and getting used to feeling your way around, um, kind of carrying around all these new memories, Corn uh, looks looks up at you and says, what, what are you all supposed to do? Do you know that? Sorry, I can't keep straight face. Your name is Gord. I forget the Sootfoot. <laughs> yes, I have Stop sooty laughing. feet. He is not Cornfoot. <laughs> he might be, I don't know. Doctor, look at But this. he likes corn. Does he have corn? That's why it's corn. <laughs> you know, I you like I just met the guy. Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> I go sit by myself and calm down. Are there any open flames on the table? <laughs> I don't know. Are there open flames? I mean, there could be. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I would assume there's, there's maybe a chafing dish or or something along those lines, uh, (laughs) keeping some of the dishes warm. Nobody likes to eat cold food. Time to roast some chestnuts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to just march my way over there to the rotisserie. We're never getting through this one session, let alone. I'm just going to get stuck at the dinner table. (laughs) Tip sits down at the table. Oh, uh, Lord. Pulls over a plate of food and says, well, I don't know about y'all, but the uh, memories that I picked up from this guy, I think his name was Barrett. Uh, The heck kind of name is that? I don't know. But I I get the idea that they're here looking for something. Uh, I don't know how to. It's, I think it's something called a mythalar. I don't know that I've ever heard of that. Have any of you ever? Corn, don't say that word that loud. You're supposed to find a mythalar. Y- yeah. Do you know what that is? Well, it's a powerful bit of magic. 
Rumor has it the wizards have one, but they don't keep it where they live. Nobody really knows where they've got it stored. But from what I hear tell, somebody could, if they wanted, use that Mithalar to wipe out Meridia. I don't think Rune would ever let that happen, but the the wizard ones, snots that they are, they keep it under tight control. I don't know if they keep it so they can hold all the power and threaten the rest of us. Seems like what they would do, but that's the rumor. Hmm. I ain't never heard of it before, but if it means taking those guys down a peg, well, then I'm all for finding this thing. Well, between us and the table, if we got rid of that, that could change a lot of stuff here in Meridia. They wouldn't have anything to threaten us with. They wouldn't have anything to hold over everybody else. Anybody remember anything about this uh, Ander fellow? Got those memories as well. It seemed like there was five of us maybe in the other group, but now there's only four of us here. I guess only four of us volunteered, so this Ander fellow couldn't come on through to a tether. Well, actually, there were six. Six? We were only told four. That's why we only put up four volunteers. Yeah, one of them got left behind. So I think he looked a little bit like me. No, no, he was a human. Red hair. He couldn't come through. Otherwise, one, two, three, four, that's us. Yeah, I'm having a tough time remembering. I'm, I, I have this sneaking suspicion, I haven't worked it out yet, that Aki knows more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> that is sad. <laughs> well, there's only yeah, four of you. Shadow has, has information that I don't have access to. Well, if the four of you are going to work together to find this thing, we probably need to make sure you're all supplied up figure out where you're going to go first. And he pulls off the back of his um, small backpack. It's not a full adventurer's pack or anything like that. He's um, he's at dinner, so he's not bringing, carrying around too many things. But he pulls out of his little backpack a um, small but legible map of Meridia um, and lays it on the table in front of you. Of course, you're all familiar with Meridia because that's where you live. Uh, mm. And the map you will recall, uh, shows four major cities. Um, in the north, there is a snowy one. <laughs> in the west, there are two other cities, uh, one in the northern part of the city and one in the south. And to the is the city of the Aristocrats, where uh, most of the aristocracy, the Felinians and Avians live together. Felinians being mostly uh, bird or mostly cat type creatures and Avians being mostly bird type creatures, obviously. Um, the Felinians and the Avians live um, in that eastern city. And then there are a couple of other spots that are of interest. There's a major port in the southeast. Um, it's a place where goods come in and out from to and from where is a bit unknown to you as, as Braggins. Um, the port is <clears throat> operated unto itself. There's no official government that runs the port. There's no official group that runs the port. It's kind of a, a self-operating city. And then there are three other towns dotting the valley um, that are a little bit larger. And of course, the rest of the, um, the rest of the continent is populated with people here and there and ha various hamlets and villages. Um, so he spreads out the map in front of you and points over to the east. Now, we know the Felinians and the Avians are over here, so it's not likely that the Mithalar is going to be over here, I don't think, but they probably know where it is, so you might have to get over there first. That's one, one possibility. 
that you travel there first. See if they if you can find out where where it's kept. Now we do have we do have some spies, as you know, that are uh, kind of up in that area. So maybe we could search through that network, get some ideas for you. How would you like to proceed? Hmm. Give us just a moment. <laughs> so I'm trying to put myself in the t- in the place of a ringtail lemur psychiatrist. <laughs> As one does. As one does. Mm-hmm. On, a, on, you know, just another Monday. Well, we kind of have a rumor mill aspect going. Between like, you and the other lemurs? Oh, well, no. Or between the, all the... With Crash. Crush. Crash. Crash. Why are you being so whiny? <laughs> Crash would probably know, you know, like a, like a, a what are they called? Like the inside line of other security. <laughs> You've got the, security. the barking chain, but with bouncers. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. Essentially, anyone who's working private security within any of those uh, Felinians or Avians. Avians, right? Yep. Felinians and Avians. We don't like them. Maybe. So maybe we could go work our local networks up there. Yeah. The Felinians are what again? The avians are birds. Felines Mostly are cats. cats. Mostly cats. That's right. Feline, felin. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah. Any Mostly cats like- and their partners and, and people that serve them and work with them and things like that. It's not just mm-hmm. all cats. Uh, the idea is that the older familiars, the original familiars, when familiars were first created, were primarily cats and birds, um, owls, ravens, and the like. And because of that, they... Um, have developed a very pompous attitude that they are the old guard, the original, uh, the original familiars, so to speak. And uh, they were here first, they're wealthiest, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And they're not very mm-hmm. kind to, to the new familiars, you know, nouveau riche kind of money. They don't old like old money. They like, they're the mm-hmm. old money. I don't want to make any assumptions, but is it the kind of place where you would not find a rodeo or would find a rodeo? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, the avians and the selenians, they don't, they don't come to rodeo very often. So I don't know that I'm going to have many connections, at least in that city. But I'll tell you this, everywhere that we need to travel outside of the city, I'm going to have a lot of connections because that's where a lot of my kind of people hang out. Uh, so I, I definitely could be helpful in getting us transport to and from. Uh, I've actually been to many, many of the ranches around there. So uh I could help in that sense, but I, I don't know that I'm going to be much help once we get inside the city. I mean, there might be pockets, you know, there's still a few fan clubs that exist in different, different places, but uh, I doubt I'm going to be much help on that specific area, but I can always back y'all up. But uh, where on map are we? I say, and I like clang on my helmet, like person in the head, very noisy, difficult to pay attention. Where on map are we? So let me pull up the map real quick maybe distance is factor welcome to meridian nope there it is uh and now we need to share that link share map mm, share theoretically you should be looking at a map of meridian oh i had ah. helmet sideways and i straighten out my helmet and i can see the map now so ah there <laughs> it is <laughs> now it makes sense <laughs> okay so <laughs> um the uh, the city of aristocrats is here to the east. Can you guys see my cursor? I don't know. Mm-hmm. If you, 
Okay, so this is the City of Aristocrats, which while we're here, um, it doesn't currently have a name and it really would like one. Soon to be burned. <laughs> Aristocracy. 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 That's the JK Rowling way of naming it. Stuff. A- Nocturne it. Alley. Oh. <laughs> So aristocracy is where um, where the Felinians and the Avians mostly live. Um, I will say that you can zoom in on the map, um, the one that I linked to, uh, as you start thinking about what might be in these cities and what they look like and what they feel like. Um, that's completely up to you guys as we arrive in these locations, but that's the, the land of the aristocrats, the aristocats live there. Um, but as far as where you are on the map, that that's a fabulous question. Where, where do you think we ought to be on this map? Where would the Braggans be having a party to welcome in, um, welcome in people from the material plane for the first time ever? I feel like they would do it in some reasonably remote location. Okay. Yeah. But also somewhat central because they probably pulled dragons from different regions to to come and and be a part of it. I mean, like if this is a big deal for them, that material plane people are coming for the first time. It certainly could be. Certainly could be. So maybe you can't see me pointing at the map, but yeah, like that little area that you're zooming in there on, like north of the docks, north of the North of the port, so maybe north of the ports, but in the woods under these mountains, I'd say like in the foothills, yeah, like right about where your curse is at now. All right, cool. That worked for everybody. Mm -hmm. So now we have an idea of where in the world we are. Um, not far distance wise from aristocracy, but certainly a few barriers between here and there. Um, aristocracy is was placed in a very well defended area, so. Um, might be some challenges getting through there, but that's that's where you are, aristocracy. So he points to the map to remind you, you're right here, remember? You sure you're all right? Yes. Very good. Well, there's a couple ways you can get over the mountains if you want to go into the city first. Uh, we can, we can hi- I'm telling you this because I'm not sure all y'all are okay. Uh, you should know all this, but I'll no, just So should you, you so this is this helpful. So. <laughs> you, you can... <laughs> You can you come can, on, Courtney Man, respect. Uh, you you could take a snail a long way around the coast uh, if you wanted to. I'm afraid if you decided to go up in the mountains, probably need to hire a guide or at the very least be really careful. Uh, I don't know of anybody that's going to carry you over the mountains. Might be the best way to go just to save some time. I don't think there's anyone that can carry all this. And I <laughs> slap <laughs> my belly. <laughs> If anything, I could carry all of this. Um, hmm. What about the regular trade that just goes on? I mean, even the aristocracy people got to gotta trade with the rest of us good folks. So could we uh, follow in on the trade routes? Uh, just be another group of people selling some wares? You know, that might be a great idea. There's, there's a trading route. It's kind of treacherous. They'll be through probably in about three days, I'm thinking. Well, there's that train that goes under the mountains. Oh, yep. You could do that. Oh, that might for be the bigger bet. For the bigger imports, exports. That's right. All right. So we have a train system. Nice. I'm envisioning it between like the major cities. There's a train system and it goes under the ground. I like it. Under the mountains. 
Under so the after we're done with the Meridia several shot, we'll create a Meridia ticket to ride. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. I knew we would get merchandise out of this game sooner or later. There we mm-hmm. go. The Meridia several shot. That 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 feels like episode title to me. <laughs> I mean, I don't know much about that train. It, it's probably pretty well secured. But then again, anybody could, with the right amount of money or pressure, you could you could probably secure yourself a away on that train i've heard well, rumors it was haunted though it was haunted i heard rumors <laughs> i don't know about haunted well if if steam train i help with call go super fast no problem and maybe yeah, that was... lesson lesson price right. of ticket i don't know i've never so, taken train i am I definitely was... going to take a minute and add a card for the for the train since it now has <laughs> like three aspects and a trouble and the works. Um, if I can remember how to do this again. While you're doing that, just for flavor, he, uh, this voice in, that I can access, this Barrett guy, he seems to want to go take a ship, but I got no interest at all in getting out on the open water. So I'd, I'd say let's not do the port unless y'all Jeez. just want to, but it goes near that big whirlpool and I don't know, doesn't sound like fun to me. Bob that sounds like way enemy. too much work. I'm just no. telling you what this Barrett character's saying in my head. Uh, he sounds any- like he has some really weird ideas. Well, he seems to be a sailor, but he's also a a monk. I don't know. Mm. Doesn't work for me, but ah, I get the monk. I get it. Swift on his feet. That's good. <laughs> Needs name Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas. Oh my God. Oh, it is Thomas. Yes. Watch Damon be the first one to be like Meridia. Guys, was not working out. No, Had a we're blast done. for the like, one I session. Just I just can't handle it. <laughs> we're, we're done. This is over. <laughs> but of course, it's got two M's in Thomas. Tomas. Tomas. Yes. And the K Law. is silent Tomas. somewhere. Yes. T. Put a little M A S M M S M S. Oh my God! Words. T K O M M A S. Isn't that like the way you do it in Japanese? Just love it. Might be haunted. We're not might, sure. Might be haunted. I love that. <laughs> Halloween is coming up, so. It's- <laughs> oh, no, the H is a K. The H is That's a K. Because right. the K it's is a silent. The K. K is silent. Tomas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're we are bumping up against our break time, <laughs> and I'm gonna have to get something to drink. Can we so- call the game Ticket to Cry? Yeah. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> Oh, yeah. There we go. Um, So let's go ahead and take a break. I will get you some more information during the break um, so that you can have it in front of you as well. And uh, we will see what happens on the other side. (laughs) No, dog. You're fine. I'll be back. Uh, Recording in progress. So what I thought we could do now that we're on the other side of the break and we kind of have an idea of what the game is about. Um, before we move on to do anything where we might actually encounter something where we have to actually roll something, um, I thought it would be fun together to go through and decide on your approaches. They are simple. um, And whatever we choose tonight, if you decide you want to change them because you've thought about it over the week or whatever, then we'll just change them. But just so that we can have something to play with for tonight, I thought maybe we could do that, if that makes sense to everybody. Um, so then, oh, which one, which, oh, I've got three. Uh, Let's just do desktop three. Uh, so hopefully you guys can, um, we can start with 
we'll start with Crash since for some reason I gave Crash a different color. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't give everybody else a different color, but so uh, here's the way that the skills work. Um, what we'll do is we will add all of your different approaches and there are six of them as a reminder and they are um, they are careful, clever, flashy, forceful, quick, and sneaky. Mm -hmm. And um, you get a number of essentially skill points to add to those. One of those you can be really good at. Two of those you can be pretty okay at. Another two you can be meh. And one, not so much. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's one, two, it? two, one. What were they again? They are um, careful, clever, flashy, forceful, quick, and sneaky. So if everybody wants to think of um, whichever one of those they would want to be their highest and their lowest, maybe then it would be a little easier when we go through them all. Um, I wonder if I can display them easily. I think I can. Let's zoom in on these. And then I think if I take these over here, oops, now I sound like a squirrel. I think I can I'm going to say it is so hard not to hear y'all talk in an accent and then not repeat the accent. <laughs> and then mimic the accent. Yeah, totally. It's so hard. So you can you see it. those? I can't mm -hmm. do a New York accent off the top of my head while listening to you. It's like trying to remember another song while listening to a different <laughs> song. It's just not going to happen. Just imagine that every time I talk, it's ra it's uh, what's his raccoon from... Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know. Rocket. 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 There we go. I was going to say rabbit. Rabbit. Rocket. No, that's corn. All right, corn. Crash, do you have an idea of what you would like to be your top approach? Um, I think it's going to be forceful. Okay, good. And then um, your worst. Oh, sneaky. No, quick. Quick. Quick okay. is definitely going to be the worst. All right. Okay, and then two of those are you are better at than the other two. Just two of them I am better at than the other two. Than the other two. There's four remaining. Two of them uh -huh. you're better at than the other two. I'll say I'm better at flashy and clever than I am careful and sneaky. What's your hamster? Uh, it was flashy and careful, clever. Flashy and clever. Okay. I am better at than careful and quick. There you go. Okay. So there are your um, approaches. Forceful is a plus three, clever and flashy are plus two, careful mm -hmm. and sneaky plus one, and quick is a zero. Okay. Anybody else ready to go? Sure, I'm ready. All right. So that is tip. Edit you. Boink. All right. Which one are you best at, tip? I am best at forceful. And then my next two would be careful and clever. All right. And then my next two would be quick and sneaky. Quick. And last is flashy. God, he's... All right. I think we got you, Tip. Does that look right to you? Forceful is the number one. It does. Clever, quick and sneaky, and flashy. Mm -hmm. All right. Aki, Aki, what you got? Well, I think I'm going to switch it all around. Um what I was thinking. Let's go, um, well, for my primary personality, let's go flashy at the top. Okay. So you're best at being flashy. Yes. And then clever. Then forceful, sneaky, quick, and careful. It's a lot of clicking. Sorry. <laughs> Meh. 
Uh, does that look right to you? Flashy, clever, forceful, quick, sneaky, careful. That will do. All right, Singe Tinge. Uh, I don't have a skill block for you, so give me a second. No, so it's but um, why don't I have a skill block for you? Skill list. All right, what's your top one? So uh, sneaky. Sneaky. And next to quick and flashy. Oops. Quick. Followed by. Uh, clever and forceful, and clever. Uh, careful last because I'm not careful about anything. Love it. All right, cool. Uh, we have a stunt block that doesn't need to go there for some reason. Um, awesome. Okay, so uh, one more time, I did put the link in um, the player handouts on the the link to the character sheets and also the rule set. Uh, near the end of the rule set is a two-page front and back quick reference guide um, that you might want to just have handy for the next few weeks. Uh, I know I will be having it handy for the next few weeks. <laughs> um, all right. So we, we've we learned a few things. We learned that we have a, a city named Aristocracy, which I just absolutely love, that there is a train system. It's a steam train that runs from the port to at least some of the major cities, one of which being the Aristocracy. And the train actually goes through a presumably very long tunnel underground under the mountains um, that was excavated probably way back at the beginning of Meridia, um, possibly just as a tunnel to, to walk through to get under the mountains originally, but then adapted for a steam engine. The, the train itself, uh, Tom with a silent K, um, travels, we know it travels um, from the port at least into Aristocracy. And it does that on some regular schedule that has yet to be discovered, determined, or written. Um, and the, we know that the trip probably takes at least a day or two by steam engine to get that far. It's a pretty big distance in the port to aristocracy. Um, and we also know that the Mithalar is, uh, belongs to or is kept by or tended to some of the um, aristocrats that live in Aristocracy City, but we don't know where that particular item is currently being held. Uh, it has been a bit of a secret and whispered, spoken about in whispered tones as it has been used to threaten and control over um, everybody who's not an aristocrat. Yeah, I think that sums it up. So uh so you guys are are in the middle of finishing eating um the uh, sootfoot has stuffed whatever into whatever the squirrel cheeks will hold um the the rest of the party is starting to wind down a little bit everybody's having a really good time it's a big celebration um nobody's uh nobody other than um other than your fearless leader who i've already forgotten corn um, nobody other than corn has really come up and talked to you, but you do notice a number of them, uh, kind of gathering now that people are starting to leave and they're kind of gathering on the edges as if, you know, maybe they expected something big to happen and it never really did. And they're, they're trying to see what's going on. So corn turns and addresses the crowd. And, um, I, I know we're winding down. I thank you all for being here. I just want to let you know, everything went fine. We've got the four. Mm -hmm. Uh, four folks here that are doing okay. Looks like maybe a little bit of memory loss here or there, but but they seem fine. And and we just want to thank you all for showing up today and 
remind you that if we can support them in any way, we want to do that. They're, uh, they're on a very important mission that's, as of yet, top secret, so don't ask. And uh, we just want to make sure that, that they all get whatever support they need. And the, a lot of the crowd claps. Some of the crowd's like, eh, you know, like they were expecting a much bigger show and didn't get one. Um, others are just interested in the food, frankly, and not much else. Um, but the, the, the story is yours. Where would you like to go? Are there days and nights here in Meridia? Seems like there would be some, some semblance of days and nights. I would, I would support there being standard days and nights so that we don't all have to learn new things. <laughs> yes. Let's do that. <laughs> I was just like, I'm going to go ahead and say there's standard days and nights. <laughs> there you go. I, I would definitely support that so that we don't all have to learn. There's a three hour day and a 16 hour night. Well, perhaps we can buy some provisions and make ourselves ready for an early trip in the morning on the train. Okay. Where would you like to buy some provisions? Where? So like a village general store? Oh, sorry, Z. Yeah, no, it's perfect. Yes. I mean, Aki. Well, yeah. Who is this Z? <laughs> it's really hard. Why are you saying letters? <laughs> so that would Aki, imply Aki. that you are near a village. What is the name of that village? The general store. <laughs> <laughs> the village or the store. It's the well, general the store, store the in the general place. village. <laughs> yes. Okay. So our story begins near the general village <laughs> and you walk into the store called general ham hold. No, ham hold. Ham, ham hold. hold. Love it. Is it ham hold or ham hold general store? <laughs> <laughs> the most general, general of mills. <laughs> oh no. This whole thing is just going to be a no. ham hold. <laughs> no, 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 no. Can we puns. call it generic mills, please? <laughs> all right so you are um close enough to the village of hamhold um to be able to head into town um to the generic store and um pick up some whatever provisions you might need for your travels uh i'm you said then then you were going to board a train does that mean the train stops here i don't think the train well, stops here i think the train is between the major cities okay well, I'm sorry, Stefan. Go ahead. I've been talking a lot. No. Um, shoot, there's a map. I'm a I feel map. like it's like an express train on certain days, and then it hits local stops on other days. That sounds good. You know, so that uh especially if you're if you're importing and exporting to the main city, then you want you want to get your smaller people in on the days that don't cost you as so there's a there's a train station near Hamhole. Is that correct? Near it could Ham be like a water filling say, station. Yeah. A water. Like the train station. stops to fill yeah. up water and yeah. Before it goes under the mountains, like a exactly. Petticoat Junction. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yes, we have to get the reference. Okay. I did not. <laughs> so, could you say that um, again? You broke up, Rumi. Like a oh, what petticoat. did yeah? What did... I mean, come on, that's a very oldie reference. Thank you very much. No, I didn't hear it. Petticoat Junction. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's it. TV I knew. Show. I knew there would be men of a certain age who would understand that one, and everybody else wouldn't. But anyway. Well, um, men of certain age. Men of a certain. <laughs> okay, age. the old people in the group. <laughs> I, I, I like the other better. way better. I like the other way better. <laughs> uh, right. Fair enough. So, um, so you acquire whatever provisions that you need, and the oh, the, God. the rule of fate is that whatever 
pretty much whatever provisions you did were at the general store, unless there's some sort of complication. And I don't foresee any major complication. Um, mm -hmm. The uh, the train station is just outside of, of town, just right outside of Hemhold uh, is the Hemhold Junction, where you can pick up the train as it stopped um, when that happens. But as as it happens, it probably won't be in until first thing tomorrow morning. Um, so it, you have places that you are welcome to stay in Hamhold Junction or in Hamhold. Um, plenty of friends as Braggins, uh, this is Braggin territory. So there's plenty of places to stay. Um, so we'll put you up for the evening, get you fed and then, uh, a nice warm breakfast and you can set off for the train stands to everybody. Mm -hmm. So that will be, um, day two in Meridia. Oh, I was going to ask that. Yep. So time kind of froze back in, at least as far as we know back in the Feywild right now? Like, do we need to keep track of time here? Um, you would need to keep track of time here just because if something's going to happen in three days, you need to know when that happens. All right. All right. Uh, here on out, we're on like the Meridian clock. Like, but you're on, one. yeah, you're on, you're on Meridia time now. So yeah. Uh, I will be keeping track of the days for certain. Intent. <laughs> Is that a threat? <laughs> do whatever you want. Do whatever you want with that information. Mm -hmm. I, Hey, it's Meridia. Maybe we say time runs backwards here. And by the time we get done with this little adventure. Hey. Yeah. You'll all be younger. We will all be. Yeah. You'll Let, all be let's younger. See, let's see something about the, the train trip uh, be, uh, around something we learned the night before relative to the haunted part of the trip. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so you heard some rumors while you were in Hamhold. Um, yeah, having secured my ham and settled down for the night, we get some information about a stop that we have to pick something up at. A stop between Hamhold and Aristocracy. Aristotle. Dang, I named it. I can't even say it. Rich people. Aristotle. So that aristocrat um, place. So the family that you're staying with um, that has put you up for the evening is a family of turtles, and they are um, kind of down on their luck, but very generous. Um, being being Braggins, you're familiar <laughs> with lots of families like this, and these are these are the kind of people that you typically help um, because they're the ones that that the aristocracy from aristocracy city uh has kind of forgotten so these are the as you are somewhat the robin hoods of meridia these are the people that you tend to help and as you sit down um mr and mrs mortimer turtle uh <laughs> explain that they they've been um concerned lately because uh, little marty mortimer has um a a condition that his shell is not growing with him so they they bring little marty in and you look at him and he's all legs and feet and neck like like a lanky teenager put inside this little tiny shell that just hasn't grown. um the only way that they know to solve that is a medicine that is available deep under the mountain and the train has to make a stop under the mountain to refill in water, to refill water uh, for the steam engine. So it fills up here on this side of the mountain. It's got one stop in the middle and then um, fills up on the other side as well. So supposedly at that stop, if you get off, um, there are some caves and you can find a particular herb um, that 
that might heal this condition and help his. Um, and they say, you know, I, we know you're on a very important mission and, and we're happy to provide shelter this evening for, for you. But um, if, if you wouldn't mind, we can't afford to take the train. There's no way we're ever going to get to the caves under the mountain. If you happen through and can stop while the train's refilling, maybe and gather that, uh, we, we'd be really grateful. Of course. I mean, first I give them empathy as parents for what they've been going through. Poor Marty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need we will help him really fit in the pants. <laughs> <laughs> we will help him fit in the pants. <laughs> oh, God. And I'll okay. share some of the uh, free food that I stole. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the, uh, so they don't exactly know the name <laughs> of the herb. The only thing they know is that it's, um, it can be found inside wet caves under this section of the mountain. And it glows. It glows an amber color in the dark of the cave. Um, And that's really all they know. They don't know how much is there, but that's supposedly the best place to get it. Um, And uh, it glows amber. And then um, Mr. Mortimer uh, starts kind of chit-chatting with you about, um, I, 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 I worry about you on the train, though. And uh, I've heard it's haunted. It's haunt. It's haunted by what? Uh, 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 a good, 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 a spirit. Uh, the the good, the good, the good, the spirit. Uh, it it's an old conductor. That's what I heard. I gotta find my own voice again. Doing hey, that one. Tell I me just, more. I'm so just. Interested. I I oh, wouldn't. God, I, I, I I wouldn't. G- g- sit in the back uh that's 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 where he is or that's what i've heard so when you when you get on the train you want to good 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 walk to the front sit up sit up there you'll be fine uh what let me tell you greg i ain't afraid of no ghost so <laughs> no, that's it. That's it. We're just I'll going back to D and D. We're just going back to D and D. That's it. We're done. <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a part. Hi, my name is David. You're probably wondering how I got here. Well, it was all my fault. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, I spent playing. three years with these people and just wanted to change it up. I just wanted it to be a little. I different. spent three years with these people, but didn't meet them until tonight. <laughs> Oh, oh Lord! So, just you wanna sit up? You? No, nope, I certainly that... do appreciate that information. That's uh, good to know. Yeah, good, good, glad, good, happy to share. Uh, meanwhile, Mrs. Mortimer, of course, is is presenting you with some stew for dinner. Um, it appears to be um, a, a vegetarian sort of stew. And it's actually quite delicious, fairly nutritious. Um, and it, the house itself smells fantastic from her stew. Their house is uh, very large considering their level of poverty. But you realize pretty soon that they've, they've actually added on and converted it to, into kind of an inn to supplement their income um, to try to take care of poor Marty. You know, rising medical costs and lack of insurance, that sort of thing. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, the next thing they tell you is uh, the schedule for the train. They, they're they pretty sure the train's uh, going to be along 
right after dawn, about an hour or so after dawn. I don't know where Baxter is. Okay, sorry. Um, the train should be along right after dawn, assuming it's not late, but it often is late. And uh, Mr. Mortimer pulls out a, a pocket watch that he clicks open and he looks at it. No, still doesn't work and closes it and puts it back in his pocket. Um, so that, that, that's not going to help you. I imagine we best be underway. Very good. Good. Okay. That, that sounds fine. And uh, they give you a, a, the same description of the plant, reminding you um, how important it is that Marty gets the salve made from this plant. Uh, does anybody know the name of the plant? Well, we will, we will find the turtle weed. <clears throat> totally regret this every minute of how it. conveniently um, named turtle weed got it the turtle weed we have to cure the hurty of the turkey it's all it all makes sense uh, i'm not the right. doctor i say looking at aki aki <laughs> uh so <laughs> better is, name <laughs> uh so you head out to the train station is that correct is that what i heard yes all right yeah uh this as is you, now day two this is now day two, yes. As you, you um, as you head toward the train station, there's a lot of commotion at the train station. Um, people getting on and off the train, obviously headed into aristocracy. Uh, you encounter, since you've been here, um, since you've been tethered, your first glimpse of the aristocrats. They are boarding near the very front of the train where there is uh, one of the cars is definitely more posh than all of the others. Um, it's the windows are blackened out. You can't see in the windows. You can't see anybody seated inside. It's a double story, um, train car. So there's two, two levels to it, probably a sleeper car. Um, and you watch two owls and, um, a, uh, it's the size of a house cat, typical, typical cats that, that you've seen around. Um, but it is um, colored like a, a minx. So it's got the black fur around the ears, big tufts, long tufts on the ears. And the three of them are walking together, um, noses stuck high in the air, barking orders at people. Um, these are clearly aristoc aristocrats. <laughs> um, and as they approach the, the front, the lead car, um, you hear comments like, oh, I can't believe we had to stay in this awful city. And um, a animal descends. It looks like probably a fox of some kind, some sort of canine, maybe a, maybe a coyote. Um, and he is helping the, aristocrat, the aristocrats on board. Um, he's dressed in very fine suit with white cravat and um, just exactly what you would expect to be serving Crats. <laughs> and uh welcome aboard sirs and he calls them all sirs uh please you're right this way and he's your ticket please ticket please he's checking their tickets as they get on and they board and you see him look around kind of right and left obviously looking for any more um of the wealthy and then he kind of turns his nose up and steps on board also disgusted by the filthy city and train station uh what would you like to do you're at the train station can we say there was one more uh, person that followed up on the train with them after the servant? Sure. What would you like him to be? He's uh, uh, <laughs> a bobcat. A bobcat. Okay. Yeah. Named uh, bobcat named Violet. 
Violet. Is he walking with the first three or is he separate from them? Are they part of the same group or is he on his own? He's walking behind as the rest of the group goes in. Okay. And the reason I ask, I recognize him, Violet, the Bobcat, ah. as their private security. Gotcha. And I'll point him out to the rest of the group and say, if we want some intel for aristocracy city, we can have a little conversation with that guy. <laughs> this will be for the record for, for all of you, your first time into aristocracy. It's not, not a place that many people go. Even Braggins who are used to making trouble um, usually do it outside of the city. The city is very well protected. So it's not a place that you regularly go to commit day crimes, so to speak. That's why you need private security outside of the city. Absolutely. Because you don't know who's going to come and attack you. Totally. A hundred percent. So do you approach him? Do you approach Violet? At the moment, no. Okay. So Violet's just getting on the train? I would say, yeah. Uh, Is there a ticket booth nearby? There is a ticket booth nearby, of course. How much are tickets? Sorry. Unless they're, you know, like half off or free if it's your first time Mm -hmm. going to Aristocracy. So, (laughs) don't know. Uh, there's a free companion fair special going on right now, so it's buy one get one free. Oh, um, yeah, only to only to Aristocracy City, but you know mm-hmm, that, that mm-hmm, could help. Mm-hmm. Um, so the there is a ticket booth. Uh, it's not huge, but big enough to obviously service the station. And inside the ticket booth is a duck with a pair of glasses, um, and she quacks tickets. Get your tickets. Oh, Aki will step up immediately and. Ask for a ticket. I would like a full ticket, please, and one free. Uh, I, I, uh, who's your, who's your partner with? Who's you traveling with? I am. <laughs> <laughs> she sticks her head out the window, and it's her long duck neck, and she looks to the left and looks <laughs> to the right. Right, that's two coins, which you have, which I give. All right. Uh, so she she hands out one ticket, and then. Sits for a moment and kind of looks again <laughs> and then hands you the second ticket. Tickets, tickets. Yeah, little lady, I'd like a pair of tickets, please. All right. Who are you traveling with? Uh, it's a little squirrel over here. Very well. Two coins in my helmet, me. so it just spins on my head. <laughs> Ta-da! Two coins, please. Here you go. She hands you two tickets. And we'll assume that you also buy a ticket. Yeah, okay. Are you, so you talking to have... me or are you talking to Tip? Uh, I was I was talking to Tip. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, I bought tickets for me. I bought a ticket for me and for Sootfoot. Oh, for Sootfoot. Yes. Okay. Then I I'm the I, I said the little. Yeah. No, I said you the did. Little, you uh, did. Squirrel. Sorry. First, now, first day with the new players. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sootfoot, can I can I trust you with this ticket, or should I just hold it for you? I mean, in the past. When I've given you paper goods, sometimes they come back a little singed. And we'll be careful. <laughs> All right, here you go. <laughs> It'll just disappear into wow. a pack. All right, Crash, are you buying some tickets or a ticket? <laughs> Thank you, tippy friend. Yes, I am. All for my lonesome, because apparently... No, oh, I'll take the free one. <laughs> take the free one, you never know what's going to come along. Okay. Say again? Take that free one. You never know who's going to join us. Very well. Uh, Apparently there's a free one. I'd love to buy a free one. <laughs> All right. So buy you get free tickets. Get yeah. Free so buy one, you get one free. Um, companion special into aristocracy. 
Just the it's name is <laughs> It's hard to say which is it a, we're gonna use its airport code ACR. Um ACR. You <laughs> <laughs> don't have the Damon blow up code. It's a risk of risk of city thing. Ooh. That's right. So um at any rate, so you, you purchase your tickets and as you're stepping away, uh you kind of take in the rest of the train. It's pretty long, it's a pretty big train. Um, and it seems to be filling very quickly, people piling in, a lot of other people coming off, looking, meeting and greeting people, um, you know, hugs and kisses, goodbyes and tears, all the things you would expect to see at a train station. Um, the only thing that, the only other thing that you notice is that of all of the cars are, um, they're very colorful. The one in the very, very front, the, the aristocratic Car, the rich people car uh, is a, a burgundy and gold, very, very ornate would expect. From there, the colors of the train um, are very primary colors, like you might see on a children's show. Um, they are, there's a blue one and a green one and a red one and a yellow one. Uh, the purple one's in the very back. The steam engine, of course, is at the very front and big and black, big black smokestack um, uh, and looks very intimidating. Like it could carry a train under. The- uh, your tickets are also purple, um, and you notice quickly that people are getting on the corresponding cars that matches the color. Of- um, you all of you have purple tickets, which means you are on the car. I, I tilt my head a little bit and I clunk on my helmet and I say, "Little voice in head says purple. You can't trust purple. So ghost definitely in purple car. I know purple bad color. Let's go." Following. Okay. I followed the squirrel. All right, fair enough. Don't run so, in the face of danger. <laughs> I laugh at it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the car is uh, full of hyenas. <laughs> I mean, it might very well be. Who knows? <laughs> might be. So do you do notice um, there is a badger walking up and down in front of the train. Uh, he has a long club kind of stick and he's kind of swatting it. He's clearly part of security for the train station. And as you step on, you can see him kind of eyeballing your tickets and making sure that you're where you need to. Uh, Luggage is being loaded into the compartments under the rest of the train cars. And as you step onto the train, it's mm, comfortable. It'll be okay. Uh, The seats are wooden and curved. There's not a whole lot of cushion. Um, It's it's clearly not first class uh, on the train. Might not even be second or third but it looks like it'll get you where you need to. So the front half of the purple car is seats. The back half of the purple car is divided into a separate section and there's a small door, um, very similar to the doors that go between the cars, just a very small door that slides right and left. Uh, It looks, it's made of metal. It's pretty severe metal and um, it appears to be very locked. There are, there's a very small window at the top of it and um, there are four bars crisscrossed in a tic-tac-toe style on the window. Um, the rest of the car, the front half of the car where, where you have tickets for, uh, people are filing in. It's not really crowded. Um, it's the four of you and probably three or four other people so far. Um, one couple is just getting off the train and taking, they're taking a lot of time. I, I know they were here. I, can't, I know they were here. I had them in my hand. I fell asleep. Oh, and he was looking for his glasses, finds his glasses. And um, as they're getting off the train, his wife is next to him. This is a, (coughs) excuse me. Um, This is a a pair of 
panda bear looking creatures. And as they waddle off the train, uh, the wife, you can hear her complain. These were the worst tickets we've ever had. This train was awful. Um, just complaining about everything. The sir, there was no service back here. The food cars, three cars up. I'm not letting you buy tickets next time. Uh, well, that's fine. You know, complaining about it. And they get off. Um, and you start to settle into your seats. Is there anything in particular you'd like to do? Or anything that you notice? Or anything interesting about the train? Just describing the train again real quickly. You said the seats are in the front. And then yeah, in the, the middle, it's kind of barred off. And then something back behind. But we can't see what's back there. Yeah, that's correct. So, so the train car okay. itself, the purple car, is divided in half. The front half okay. is seats. And the back half is is walled off with a door in the center. You cannot. Uh, what's behind there. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. The door, the door again being very heavy metal with a massive black lock on it. Tip walks up to that door. Okay. And takes a listen. Okay. Uh, so listening into the door, there's a lot of clamor around, a lot of clutter, a lot of noise going on. Um, it, you can hear, you think you might be able to hear something on the other side of the door. It's, it's kind of challenging though um, with, with all the noise. The sound that you do hear um, sounds like a, a very consistent kind of clunk sound. Um, very heavy clunking thrump. I think we can help you out with that. <laughs> Aki says, Aki, Aki says. Aki both say at the same time. Mm -hmm. our yeah, I, I just was curious, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you figure out what's in there. So Aki would like to slide his second uh -huh. Under the door into the area beyond as a sort of spy. Love it. Okay. So what I hear there is a new stunt. Yes. Um, let me find Aki over. Aki's shadow has to stay connected to his feet, but he can okay. see away from him for perceptual okay. possibility. Here's Aki. He doesn't currently have any stunts. Boink. Uh, oh. So we will call that um shadow spying does that make sense to you sure me and my shadow <laughs> it feels very weird not to say can i do a check <laughs> <laughs> it does <laughs> oh this voice is so loud right now <laughs> <laughs> shut up quiet i'm listening <laughs> well I, and, and just i mean just out of game for a second so i i was like could I have walked up to the door and just said, I listened very carefully and I can hear a large cat meowing. Um, I mean, yeah, absolutely. If I have something that, that would prevent that or okay. would make that not okay, then, then I have the veto abilities. Um, right. okay. And if it's something significantly story related, it would cost you a fate point to make it happen. Um, okay. You know, that kind of thing. But, but for example, if you said you walked up and heard a meowing, I would go with that, and later you okay. would find out why there was a cat in that probably had nothing to do. Great. <laughs> if if I needed to steer it that way, if that makes sense. Okay, so um, what we will do then, and you get to make the second roll, and it, that they were both yours, Aki Aki. So if you'll roll four d six for me, we'll see what what the shadow discovers. Uh, once again, I got an effective zero. An effective zero. Okay, so um, because of that. But that is a, a mediocre, basically, is what that amount. Oh, but we have to add your yeah. He's got to add his, skill yeah. now. Um, so you have you have a plus one to that, and because it's your stunt, you have a plus two. So that's a total of a plus three, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
So your roll plus D1. your skill plus the stunt makes it a plus. Gotcha. So I have a total of three. Yes. Plus your roll, which was zero. Um, so using this shadow, sliding it under the door, Aki Aki, you observe in this room a complete um, a, a living, like a living room setup. So there's two big wingback chairs. There's a small coffee table with a little lantern on the coffee table. Uh, there's there's fire. The, the lantern is lit and it's turned up. You know, it's one of the dialy ones. Raise the flame. It's turned up pretty bright, so it's lighting up a good portion of the middle of this cabin area. The two chairs are both currently empty um, over by something that looks like a fireplace, probably not an actual fireplace, but it's built to look like one. Um, you see standing next to the fireplace, a um, some sort of creature you observe. This is through your shadow. So um, it's not quite as detailed as you would have would have been able to see with your naked eye but you see um kind of the silhouette of a creature in the back with the the fake fireplace shining light towards the shadow you see the silhouette of this creature it's tall um has fairly substantial ears um kind of probably a dog maybe but a large dog um and has a very long bushy tail, uh, but is currently walking and kind of pacing back and forth right there next to the fireplace. And it has a peg leg. You can hear the leg going as it paces back and forth, uh, waiting for the train. And that's all. It does not appear to be a ghost. Aki confers with his companions about what his shadow observed. So it wasn't a ghost. It did not appear to be a ghost. Oh, no, I'm asking Aki. The peg leg seemed quite solid. Yeah, and I can clearly hmm. hear that, so Maybe I don't think leg it's is haunted. What's that? How do we know it wasn't a pirate? Maybe the leg is haunted. Nobody, just leg. Pirate with a haunted leg. I mean, we could set it on fire. If it burns, he goes away. Ghost gone. We're on Was a the train. Room purple? No fire on the train. Uh, my <laughs> color perception is uh, Aki can't perceive color well on the other side oh i'll pat the shadow i'm sorry that's sad i did not know that i know that now <laughs> don't touch <laughs> i'm sorry now i know that too <laughs> like i don't know you at all <laughs> hmm. very well uh, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, the question came up was the room purple we determined that that the shadow was not capable of discerning yeah. colors we could do like a fundraise campaign to see if we can get we those could. glasses. <laughs> Help <laughs> my shadow see color. You know, the angle is difficult. That's the that's the trick. Mm. Yeah. Does the shadow have to have light to to or do you can you tell the shadow where to go, like regardless of light sources? Oh and, I, I am the light. I am the way. Oh, because you're glowing. <laughs> yes. So if you if you lean over <laughs> and it makes the shadow longer. Yes. Yeah. Ah, I like it. Yeah. And if but you fall down like... on the ground right on top of the shadow? Uh, then I snuff it. Oh. Then I see inside myself and don't have to pay for x-rays. <laughs> I have a trans person. <laughs> yeah. Love it. All right. So is there anything else about the um, about the <clears throat> tip wanders up dog pirate oh. that, that, um, <laughs> that your compatriot know about? Did you really just add an NCP called Pig yes. Did? I did. Nice. 
because uh, we don't have a name yet. So peg legged dog pirate it is. Peggy. <laughs> Stop. And look, we can even make a tabletop that looks like <laughs> a train. I bet that there's got to be a train in here somewhere. Anybody see a train? Oh, Where? There's got to be. Oh, you probably zoomed down. For... Oh, dang. Mm. There's a car. There. A lighthouse. Oh. How do you have a tent and a lighthouse and a castle, but no train? Come on. Oh, you can search for a train. Oh, type it in. Oh, use the search. Imagine no train. Wow, they don't have a train. No train. Well, we're going wow. through a tunnel. Hey, we can use a I crane. Mean, we're going that rhymes. Or a crane. That rhymes. Sure. <laughs> hey, I'm a squirrel. <laughs> Absolutely. We will use a crane. Uh, it's going to be visible to all players, and our crane is a train. And we're going to move a uh, peg legged pirate to the train. So now he's over on the train. <laughs> and we're over here. So uh, we need to put a corn sipple snuff in. Um, wherever the hell we were a few minutes ago. <gasps> what do you a call that? Hamhold. Hamhold? Hamhold? Hamhock. Hamhold. Hamhold. Was Corn in Hamhold? Uh, he was outside <laughs> yeah, of Hamhold. What... He in was the... outside of Hamhold. This conversation <laughs> out loud with no context is in golden. The, in the pork chop. We're not going to put the whole podcast up. We're just going to put 30 second increments. <laughs> yeah. <up. laughs> and we'll call it word in. salad. When you, when you <laughs> no. moved... This is what D&D sounds like to people who don't play it. Yeah, exactly. That's what this exactly. is. <laughs> this is true. When you moved him, he disappeared yes. off our screen. Yeah. Oh, I see. It's up at the he's, top there. He's over oh, on the crane. Got it. Oh. That's cool. Nice. Fun. So we should be in the crane too because... But well, whatever. you know what? We, we certainly... Well, no, no. No, don't, oh. don't spend your time dragging us. we're not permanently in the crane. No, we're not. We're only riding it. Unless we die and then we haunt the train, in which we're case we will forever be it. on the train. Right. Tip walks up to the people that are in the that are in the train, I mean in our car, and asks them if any of them had uh been on the uh been on this train before and gone under the mountain. Okay. It's a family of four. All right. What animals are they? Woodchucks. <laughs> Woodchuck. All right, fine. Uh, so Mr. Woodchuck is um, very businesslike. And even though he's traveling fourth class with his family, um, you can tell he's the clothes that he is wearing are very well kept. Uh, Mrs. Woodchuck keeps them all in very neat and tidy order, pressing them every morning. And the four of them, the uh, Mr. and Mrs. Woodchuck and the two little Chucks, are uh, settling into their seats and Tip walks over to ask them. And uh, Mrs. Woodchuck responds for the whole family and says, no, this is our first time. We are very excited. We're, we're going to see some family. Uh, the, my, my sister, you see, she works for... Uh, a fairly wealthy family and um we're we're hoping well we're thinking about moving we're thinking about going over to aristocity aristocracy and uh <laughs> and finding some new work my husband he he's a banker um and uh, we we think he might be able to find better better work in aristocracy where the rich people are makes all kinds of sense to me well i I just was curious. Thank you. But I tell you, um, I did hear, I, um, do you, have you, have you made this trip before? No, I had not. Well, I, um, I did, I did hear, um, well, the little chucks are why I'm asking. You see, um, I did hear that, um, that there were ghosts. No. That's interesting. I, uh, 
can't say, well, I mean, I haven't heard ghosts, plural, but I, I have heard of a ghost, maybe, okay. being um, on the train. A but A ghost, okay. Um, well, um, these were the tickets we could afford, you see. Um, we, we would have traveled further up, but um, my other sister, who, who lives in, in Hemhold, she's been ill, and um, so, uh, well, okay, no ghosts then. Or ghosts? Were there ghosts? No, no ghosts. I'm sorry. I was a little unclear. One of you said no. The other one said maybe. There's only one ghost. There's there is one ghost. Okay, wonderful. One. See, children. There's just there's just one ghost, and she's trying to reassure the two now horrified uh, little Chucks. That's that's Chuck and Chuckette. <laughs> Not to worry. They only eat children. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it only takes the smallest of the two. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, find, so. and the the little girl woodchuck turns over and looks at the little boy <laughs> and sits up straight i'm older <laughs> <laughs> the little boy's name chuck berry okay chuck the Berry's older girl's one. name is up mango chuck me <laughs> up chuck me. is good too <laughs> what is her name up Chuck up. Oh, up. no, up, Chuck. Up. I got it. I got uh. it. Up. <laughs> so, up and Barry. Up and Barry. Up and Barry. Up Chuck and, and up Chuck Barry. Got it. Oh, Lord. This, we absolutely need to make sure we get all this in Canva. I mean, in um, that other thing that we use. And can the couple be Woody Chuckleson and Beatrice? Uh, Woody Chuckles and Beatrice, of course. Yes. See, the good thing about this as we move along is that I now have myriad npcs to pull from later when i'm doing callbacks and i don't have to create all these new people <laughs> um it's great uh so woody chuckles and beatrice with their two children chuck berry and up chuck uh woody chuckles chuck <laughs> woody chuckles chuck beatrice chuck um and then chuck berry <laughs> up chuck are all traveling to uh, aristocracy <laughs> hey um, good job thanks on their way to visit uh, Beatrice Chuck's sister, <laughs> who will hopefully be helping find Woody Chuckles Chuck a new job. <laughs> Noted. Side quest. <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> I think this is a game that really requires an adult beverage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so you have successfully made both of the children a little bit nervous about the forthcoming trip. Um, Beatrice proceeds to whisper in Chuck Berry's ear, I mean, you're not that much smaller. She was only born nine months before you. You'll be fine. And um, Up is busy hitting him in the ribs. <laughs> They're coming for you. Um, so, so that's the story with the four Woodchuck family. Uh, is there anybody else on board that you'd like to talk to, create, um, <laughs> cause havoc with? Can, can there just be a mysterious pile of abandoned luggage that looks like it could be a person who fell asleep, but we're not sure? Sure. Okay. Why not? Um, so up near the front <laughs> is, um, you see in the in the front corner, it's kind of where a seat is, but it's across from where you step onto the train. Um, kind of where people put their oversized luggage and things. And it looks like it might be a pile of luggage, uh, but it also might be some sort of pack rat animal carrying around a very large um, pack of luggage and, and found things. I kind of picture it like how your laundry looks at three in the morning in the corner. 
Oh. When you like wake up, but like you're awake and can see it. Yes. Got that it. kind of a thing. <laughs> Got it. With really big shoes under the seat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this feels so weird. It feels great. <laughs> All right. So uh, you finally hear from the very front of the train. Um, you hear a call. All aboard! And then um, somewhere behind you in the back of the train, you hear another call. <laughs> um, that one is a little less loud, but certainly catches your attention. And yep. everybody starts to shuffle to their seats. Um, yep. Everybody is uh, settling in. The Chuck family has pulled out a deck of cards and are trying to um, distract poor Chuck Berry Chuck and um, get him interested in something else so that he can take his mind off being swiped by the ghost. Uh, you hear the engine start to... All the way from back here, you can hear the, the sound of the engine. And then the whistle fires and the train starts to move. You feel it kind of lurch. You hear it first as the first as the engine pulls off and grabs that first car and pulls it. And then the next one and the next one. And you hear it go chunk, chunk as each car engages and... Um, the whole train just begins to lurch forward. It um, feels heavy. It feels very substantial, this train. And um, for, uh, is it your first time on the train? Have you guys been on the train? I don't know. This would be my first time on the train. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. first time. Everybody's yeah. first time. Tip, tip okay. would yeah. definitely not go on a train unless you had to. All right. So the train uh, proceeds forward for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, you guys get settled into seats and um, you see coming through the door as the there are doors connecting each of the cars, of course, um, you see a, um, a man who looks like, let's see, he's a goose probably. Um, and he's got his ticket puncher, tickets, tickets, please. And he's checking tickets and punching tickets. Uh, everybody's handing out their tickets and he's punching them. Um, and uh, he gets to you. Tickets, please. I assume you hand him your Sure. Business says mm -hmm. he's handing it. Okay. Both of them. Both of them. Uh, so he punches the first ticket, and then he looks at, down at the second one and looks at you and looks down at the second one. I'll just store that there. He punches it anyway. <laughs> gives it back to you. Um, and then he gets to the back of the carriage that you're in. Uh, he pulls from his waistcoat, which is a big blue waistcoat. He pulls a ring of keys and sticks one in the giant black padlock and crank cranks it open. The lock falls free. He lifts the lock out of the thing and a huge lever to open the door, pulls the door open and you hear it go. And it's really dark. Uh, it's very hard to see in there. Just the glow of a candlelight. And he only cracks the door just enough to get in and squeezes himself in and then pulls the door shut uh, behind as him. He, as he does, Tip makes very detailed observ observation of those keys to try and figure out which key it was that he put in the lock. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so there are three keys on the ring, Tip, and it was the middle one that he put in. Um the the two on the side seem much smaller than that one great that great big middle one matches the okay. lock um big iron looking uh a few minutes go by and you hear the door open again and Question. he oh yes as soon as well i'd like to try something so would you rather sure. wait until you're done describing no go go okay so i saw candles are there any candles in the car we're in uh there are small um 
oil like oil lamps along okay. the side of the cars they are not yet lit though because still different. okay was the can so the candle in the room was lit yes so decidedly a bigger flame than what we have in here which is nothing so Definitely. when he opens the door to come out can i try to just like belly slide into the room sure yeah <laughs> okay. um I, I don't see any I don't see. Okay, sneakily, fine. So, um, so you, you Tip were... will forcefully. Well, I guess I don't have to describe it. Tip will try to create a distraction. I don't know how I do that. Well, you you do have to describe it, or it oh, will... well, that okay. But I, I like the. I didn't know if I had to use like the forcefully or carefully or quickly or whatever. Okay, uh, so so Tip let's see. Dis- Go Tip ahead. will carry a distraction by um, by taking out his lasso as the guy comes back and start twirling it over his head and practicing lassoing that big pile of, uh, of, uh, not personal luggage that was up at the front of the car. Ambiguously shaped luggage. <laughs> he'll lasso the luggage and then he'll get the lasso back and then he'll lasso one of the woodchuck kids. Just practicing, just practicing. All right. So what we will do since we have not used create advantage yet, um, we, yeah, will- that's what I'm Look that up and make sure that we're at least learning how to use it. If we don't do it right tonight, that's fine. Here we go. Action. And I would say true to my trouble. I didn't tell anybody what I was doing. I saw the candle and I went for it. it. <laughs> Taking a moment to be recovered, blah, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Spending several hours. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Um, okay. So here's how this would normally work. Um, our ticket taker, one of his aspects is, is that he's busily taking tickets. Um, what tip is going to do is to create an advantage based on that um, and he's going to distract him from his duties. So his normal duties of taking tickets and checking on guests, tip is going to distract him um, and kind of twist that aspect. So tip, you are going to, you said, I'm sorry, what? Well, I I feel like it's, so my approach is, I mean, and I don't know, I don't think this is like a skill or a whatever it's called. Uh, a stunt, stunt? although it's... maybe it's a stunt but like Flash. tip is really good with the lasso like i mean okay. he can lasso flying things and running things and once he gets it with the lasso he can use it to trip them up and make them fall or to grapple them or whatever i mean however we want to describe it so, okay, so to me that absolutely sounds like a stunt okay so if it's a stunt then he would be cleverly using his lasso to create a a distraction i guess and i'm saying clever because but i don't know if it's if, if i can add the plus two from clever and then the plus two because it's my stunt yes that's that's exactly how that works okay so then i got a plus four to this roll oh my goodness okay so i got a the net here was a plus one plus the four it's a plus five okay so if we go to I've got windows. So what else is new? If we go here, so that is more than what you needed. So you will succeed with style. And what that means is um, you are able to um, distract him as you expected. But from here forward, he will be quote unquote distracted. So you can use without having to roll, without having to do anything, you can use his distraction twice. That's succeeding with style. So instead of just once, which is going to help um, Sootfoot slide in, you can then use it again. You can use okay. it or any of, any of the other players will be using it because he is considered distracted. Okay. Does that make Got sense? It. it makes sense. All right, cool. So he is distracted, Sootfoot. 
so you may make your attempt to slide in the door. Okay, so I'm rolling, and I'd like to do this cleverly. So would I add the plus three to this? How is it cleverly? What What is clever about it? So I would be using the rocking of the train to slide along the wall. And as he opens the door, I like... It's a sidling <laughs> squirrel. It's a sidling yes. sidefoot. <laughs> sidefoot <And> then, <laughs> yes. Um, if, so, and then when he comes through that's when i like slip inside got it Using okay that sounds bulk. very clever that sounds okay. very clever to me so yeah i'm rolling really the rolling. four which would be uh so five and six is a plus one threes and fours are zeros and ones and twos are negatives correct so yeah. i got a plus one right and then so unless you're clever uh where am i which is oh here. i'm sorry i said i meant sneaky no, I'll do clever because I got the okay. words mixed up. No, no, no. That's all like, right. No, that it's fine. It's we're we're learning all of this. Sure? So sneaky. So, okay, so that's a four. plus four. Yeah. yeah. So again, um, in this particular case, you're going to succeed with style because it only took two to get in there. Who's already distracted? Okay. Um, and what that means is you can get by him, but also take advantage of the fact that you are sneaking past him unnoticed to okay. do something else. Okay, I do love the idea for flavor that like if anyone knows to look, there's just this like black smear along the wall and then goes like it ends at the door. So <laughs> okay, love so it. now that I'm in the room, that's too much pomade. <laughs> I will just knowing he's distracted, in case any of my friends are looking, I'll poke my hand under the door and like wave like <laughs> like I made it in. So. Okay. Uh, so while distracted, he is um, busily watching Tip and uh, you you cannot do that on the train. And uh, he's shaking a, a feather at you, Tip, to try to get you to quit lassoing luggage or a passenger on the train. Are you sure? I've done this many times. It's very you safe. You cannot do that on the train. Have you ever seen this one? And I'll make the lasso like a loop, and then I'll jump through the loop and jump back through through the circle. You're very good, but you cannot lasso on the train, he says. Um, The the pile of luggage, does anything happen? You hit it with your lasso a few times for sure. Sometimes the first time, no. (laughs) Sometimes the answer. Yeah, okay. So, no, I don't think think anything special happens. Okay, cool. (laughs) She was really trying just to. To do, to just do things to make Got a distraction. It. He wasn't really trying to move the luggage. Okay, so he's going to remain distracted, and instead of turning around and locking the door, which he should be doing, uh, he's he's not going to do that. He's going to yep. forget that part of his job for right now. Distracted by the lasso, you cannot do that on the train. Uh, meanwhile, Sootfoot sneaks in to um, to the. Sootfoot sneaks into the the secret compartment or the back compartment. Um, It's as described. You already knew basically what was in there because your friend um, Aki told you, told you um, twice, twice. And um, you're, you're aware of what's in there. The dog still looks like a silhouette to you um, and is still pacing over by the fire uh, he has not, he does not seem to notice you yet because you were being sneaky, sneaky and you rolled um, very well. So what would you like to do? Is the room purple? I look around. I'm not. Uh... I would say probably. Yes. The, the inside of the room is purple. Okay. And I would say it's purple because the candle flame is purple. And it's oh, okay. very pretty. 
Okay. All right. Purple candle flame. All right. I'm going to where where is the candle in the room where I saw it? Uh, it's on so there's two big wingback chairs on a beautiful round um okay. rug. Yeah. And there's a small um like a coffee table, a little end table in between the two chairs. And the lantern is situated right mm. in the center of that table. On the uh, table. With the flame about a third of the way up. Okay, well. Hmm. I will stay in shadow of chair and I will belly slide. I love the belly slides. And I feel like the helmet's just kind of going ding, 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 ding on the yep. floor. Yep. And we'll, we'll use that belly slide as your succeeds with style, meaning okay. you, were very, you were very sneaky, so sneaky now that you're even able to sneak in here. Okay. If anyone were to look behind, they would just see what looks like a disembodied puppet head sliding across the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving a black streak. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So you're able to slide across the floor. Are you headed to the table? Where are you going? Oh, yeah. That's a pretty candle. Okay. That's pretty so purple. You make it to the purple candle. What What happens there? All right. I will hop on the table so that I'll be like facing whoever's in the chair. And I'll say, why does ghost need lantern if not ghosty? <laughs> there doesn't appear to be anybody in the chairs. Uh, but you do attract the attention of the dog. And he turns and, and he looks at you. You get a better view as he turns and kind of steps into the purple glow of the light. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a monocle, one, one monocle on his right mm-hmm. eye. Um, his waistcoat is um, a dark burgundy. He looks wealthy. He looks like he's from money. Um, you had understood that the first class cabin was all the way up at the front. So he yes. seems a little, a little out of place. Um, and he looks at you and... Um, you hear him growl just a little bit. It's, it's not terrifying. It's not a lot of growling. It's definitely a very suspicious growl. And he says, and who might you? Hmm. All right. I can't like, I'm going to take a second. I can't see through him. He's definitively, as far as I can tell, not as a ghost. far as you can tell, he is <laughs> not a ghost. Yeah. Right. His leg looks very solid. So my theory still kind of stands. Could be a really well-made ghost with a haunted leg. Okay. Could be. Okay. Happens all the time. (laughs) Happens all the time. Exactly. Um, I will say, uh, hello, Upper Crusty. My name is Sootfoot, and I like this candle very much. What is your name? (laughs) Crusty. He he says, I'm Captain Dog. No, I'm a dog. I'm Captain... What's his name? Oh, he's confused. (laughs) Uh... Upper crusty. He needs a name. Captain uh, Upper Crusty. Okay. Like no. Uh, what was the description? Clog Delineal. Captain Clog. Captain Clog. Captain Clog. All right. Captain Clog. I call uh, you CZ. Ca- Captain Clog. At uh, your Captain- service. And he actually bows a little bit. Um, I don't get a lot of guests. I'll, and... I'll bow back, but I will tighten my grip on the lantern because it's my lantern now. So, you know, <laughs> he, hello. <laughs> he steps forward. You notice that the lantern is not hot. Uh, mm. Doesn't seem to be giving up. Uh, he steps forward and you hear clunk and another step clunk. And he looks a little bit menacing. Um, you notice now maybe maybe a little too late that he has a sword on his hip um, and he draws his sword and it's 930. <laughs> ah, come on. <laughs> um, I think that's a perfect place to stop. <laughs> Clug draws his sword. Captain Clog the dog. 
All right. So we managed to make it through with very few rules wow. tonight. I hope everybody thought that was a very good first night in Meridia. Um, <laughs> it will get a lot smoother, I'm sure, as we all understand the rules and figure out where we're going and what we're doing. This but is I- wild. <laughs> it kind of is. It really is. Not bad for our first night, right? No, it's fun. No, yeah. it's fun. It's so different. It's crazy. Well, I it is interesting because I mean, first of all, it's hard to take notes because oh my mm-hmm. because I'm I'm have to actively not just play but build, and yeah. that that is I'm really. And, but secondly, I'm like really may not be important to take detailed notes because we're making this stuff up. So if we get it wrong. I don't know. I have to think about this if I need to keep taking such detailed notes. But anyway, well, I'd say if we hear like Mithalar, yes. Yeah, yeah I, maybe write that down. Sorry. I would definitely pay attention to that part for sure. Um, but yeah, you're good. You're good. So, um, so you for your your reading pleasure, should you choose, you have um, the thirty-ish page quick reference or rules. It's very short. It's a quick, easy read, um, and that two-page. Uh, quick reference guide which should help so other than that if you have any questions that we can chat about it over the week and and see where we go from there cool thank you all for trusting me and and going on this weird weird oh, thanks for, journey thanks for prepping all this too and for the patience because yeah. you said a year and a half that's no that's no small time frame to wait it was a long time yeah. <laughs> anyway y'all have a great night thank you very much you too. Bye. 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 good night